welcome to another episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. I am your host, Emily Lind, and today's episode features Stephanie Cully. Stephanie Cully is the founder of Scrum Life. Her mission is to provide Scrum Masters with the support they need to build unshakable confidence and successfully limb their dream job. In this episode, we deep dive into what it truly means to be a Scrum Master and what applicable skills transfer from other roles and positions in life that may land you your next Scrum Master role. This episode is not just for Scrum Masters though, but anyone looking to transition, but not really sure where to start and what to ask themselves. I hope you enjoy our back and forth on this topic as Stephanie shares her passion for Agilist career development. Thanks for tuning in to the Women in Agile podcast. We hope you enjoy this conversation with Stephanie Cully. All right. Well, hello. Good morning. Good evening. Good whenever you guys are watching this or ladies or gents or whomever is watching this. Um, Welcome to another episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. I am your host, Emily Lint, and today we're speaking with Stephanie Cully. So, Stephanie, I wanted to ask, uh, how did you find Agile? Great question. So I did start out in the tech industry, but when I started out, it was around, I'm going to say 2009 when I got my first job and it was more traditional project management. So it was in my first job that someone started talking about Agile and they started talking about Scrum and it really piqued my interest to have a better understanding of what they were talking about. Okay, great. And then what kind of spurred you to get into the industry yourself? So for me, I was really interested in the specific topics that one of my coworkers was talking about. The fact that it was really, there's a lot of transparency, a lot of teamwork that went into it. And then I grew even more interested in it when I was doing more traditional, um, I would say I was a tester on a, a team that was using traditional project management approaches. I was an actual traditional project manager myself. And as I saw some of the benefits of using Agile, whereas before we were working on a project that we wouldn't see anything until the end of the year, um, I thought it was really interesting that I could work on a project that every couple of weeks we could actually deliver something. So that really piqued my interest. And that's when I decided that I wanted to learn more about Agile and Scrum and see how I could use that within my career. Great. So instead of it just going into the void... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> of, of wherever it ended up going to, you know, you were like, oh, I get to actually like see what I do every two weeks and I get to like experience that. So did exactly. you like do that as a tester specifically? No, it was a while before I actually got to use Agile, anything with Agile or Scrum. It was more so the first, I would say year or two I was learning about it. So I worked as a tester for about a year and there were a lot of challenges that came through with our project and because we were using more of a traditional project management approach, I didn't get to see the fruits of our labor until a year later, and it wasn't exactly what the customer wanted. So the following year, I was in a, actually a technology rotational program, so I had the opportunity to see different areas of tech and see what I really enjoyed. I did more of the traditional project management and some business analysis And then I want to say around my third year working in that development program, I got more exposure to training because they were training us on Agile and Scrum. And I had many opportunities to work on more of the volunteer projects and then actually got into a real Scrum project where we were delivering. We had two week sprints. And at that point, that's when I knew, okay, this is really what I want to do. I love using this approach versus what I had seen in my previous experience. And that was really what led me into the career that I'm in today. 
That's wonderful. Um, I love the idea of like a technical rotation program where you get to like try. It sounds like you like tried out different roles and you got to like experience different um, different sides of the business and different ways to do the work so that yes. you could really find the thing that that worked for you. And, you know, you found all these different walls to hit your head up against. Exactly. <laughs> and, then, and then Agile seemed to really work for you. That's awesome. Yeah, I recently worked with a client that, um, you know, I did training with their interns. And it was the first time that, A, I taught Gen Z. Uh, <laughs> and then, B, uh, that I uh, I got to really be the start of somebody's career and got to help them, like, understand these different roles from the beginning instead of, like, from a traditional project manager and or developer or tester or what have you and it's such a different conversation and I had to like do a lot of translation and like one of the feedbacks that I got was like can we get an agile glossary because <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what all these different things mean and you just shouted out a bunch of new terms that I have no idea about and I can't use we can't use like oh you know you know when you are usually doing a development team you have a project plan and they're like no I have no <laughs> idea what that means <laughs> So um, that's great that you got the opportunity to do that. And I think it's like something that's shifting in industry now is allowing people to kind of have that flexibility. Definitely. Um, yeah. Speaking about like the the kind of community and stuff and where things are going, um, how have you observed the role of women in the Agile community over the years? Sure. So a couple of things on this. I would say the first part is it's been really amazing to see that the women in Agile has actually grown. When I first started in my career, even in college, I didn't, I had one person that was in my, um, in my graduating class that was in tech. So it was a little, it was different not having other women in the tech industry with me. And I noticed that a lot too, as I transitioned into these different tech roles, occasionally I would work with another woman, but um, I've seen both in the tech industry and especially in Agile, a lot of the clients that I work with are women. So it's great to see that it's really growing, that we're seeing more women in the agile industry and in tech. And then the other part would be some of the skills that I see that women are bringing to the agile um, agile industry is, and I don't want to stereotype or anything, but there are different skill sets that I feel sometimes women bring to the table. And even experiencing that now I'm a mom, Um, like the sense of empathy. Um, I feel, at least me personally, I feel like I'm a very organized person being able to deal with a lot of the the challenges or conflicts, you know, whether it's conflicts with your family or kids, having those great communication skills. I think it's been really awesome to see more women in Agile and not to say that men can't do these things or don't have these skills as well, but I feel like some of the traditional skills that we bring or things that are more um, societal, we bring that into the Agile industry. And it's been great to see um, some shifts in how that's helped teams perform even better. And I think the other really huge thing is the diversity of opinions So when you're working on a team and you're surrounded by, it could be just men or just like a certain um, culture, when you bring people in from different cultures or specifically you're bringing in women, then they're going to bring different experiences that they can speak to something with the product. Well, what if we take it from this approach because they see things differently than how a man may may see it. So that's been really great to, to see that happen. 
Great, great. And I think to that point, I think let's let's go ahead and shift shift gears over into some of the things that you do at Scrum Life um, and some of the work that you're doing to really help folks transfer those skills and get into the agile industry. Um, so my understanding is you mainly help individuals, you know, find their new role in Agile as a Scrum Master. Do you help with any other roles or getting um, other skills into the Agile industry? I have. So primarily I help Scrum Masters and I would say mostly new aspiring Scrum Masters, but I do a lot of one-on-one coaching for folks that have already landed the role, whether they're new or they've been there before. So I've helped even people that are trying to go from Scrum Master to Agile Coach. Um, how do they market themselves? What are some of the things they, they deal with? How do they overcome those challenges? And even though it's funny that even though I really uh, market my business as someone who helps Scrum Masters, I've had someone reach out. There was someone who was more a process manager. She was really interested in the process management side. She had done things related to Scrum and she was open to being a Scrum Master or using Scrum. But I actually helped her transition from a different role into a process management role with one-on-one coaching. And I've had other folks as well because I do have a wide variety of skills in tech. I did testing. I did a lot of business analysis. I've had people reach out to me and ask, hey, can you help me as a uh, transition into a business analyst role? Could you help me with product ownership? And I've been open and I've helped folks that have transitioned to other roles as well. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of curious as to, like, if you, when you start those conversations, what are some of, like, the questions that you ask? Because it seems to be that you, um, people are coming to you saying, you know, I used to do this. I'm kind of interested in this agile thing, but I don't know, like, where I fit in. What are some kind of the starter questions that you get people thinking about? Yeah, I get a lot of questions from folks asking A, they want to understand if the Scrum Master role or one of these other roles would be a good fit for them. And for me, I can't just give them a yes or no answer. I have to understand a little bit more about them. Like, what is their background? What made them interested in Scrum? Why do they think they want to do it? And what is their understanding? And then from there, we can have conversations and I can direct them into, um, okay, well, you, you really like helping teams deliver projects. You really help, you enjoy helping people develop their um, professional skills, things of that nature, I can guide them and say, okay, I do think this could be a good route for you. Here are some next steps. And then I would say the other questions or challenges that people come to me with are a lot of folks are dealing with self-doubt or trying to figure out how do they find a role that's more fulfilling. I mean, I would say 90% of the time people are coming to me. It's it's not necessarily people that are graduating um, straight out of college and looking into this role. It's a lot of career transitioners, they're feeling burnt out or not fulfilled, and they want to go into something that they think is going to um, fulfill that and that they can help others with. I love that. Um, and, and definitely that, like, you're, you get into a place of, of burnout culture is, like, one of my favorite things to talk about, so I'll try not to soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how Agile can really be there to help with that because at, at the base of it, it's that visibility, transparency, flow, understanding what's valuable to you and to others so that you're focusing on really the work that matters and then everything else is your time you know (laughs) or is you being a person and and sitting in this more empathetic space um and so I love that you're helping people to really find that fulfillment through potentially transitioning into an agile role um and as as more of like a space that facilitates that 
for them and can hopefully bring more fulfillment for them. Um, so if I were to ask you, Stephanie, I want to be a scrum master. How do I get started? Great question. The, I always ask people, where are they in their career journey? So if you're someone who's just getting started, I say start with the basics, start to understand scrum, scrum theory, get a good understanding of why you want to become a scrum master too. You want to make sure that it's something that you're going into that matches with your strengths and what you um, really want to do in your career. And there are so many ways that you can do this. You can learn theory on your own. There's a ton of podcasts like this. There's YouTube videos, there's certifications, training. So I encourage people to find what works well for them. If you're someone who wants to be in a classroom setting and go through a, a training or certification, that's great. Other people are more self-paced, self-learners. They like to go out and read the material and learn that on their own. So that's where I would recommend people start if they're just uh, beginning in their journey. Okay. So really think about like what you want, why Scrum Master, why Agile, um, and then starting to look out for, you know, what are the skills needed, things like that. What about certifications? Do you like recommend they go ahead and start with a certification, get a Scrum Master certification, um, or, you know, what, what have you found with certifications um, specifically? That's a great question. So I always, I don't like to tell people that they have to do things one way or the other. I think they should use the approach that works best for them. I can tell you from my own experience, when I first started out, I felt like there wasn't as much material, as much social media and everything out there. So I did honestly struggle with learning all the concepts on my own and learning it from people that I knew. So uh, the way that I got my certification was I was offered through this rotational program money to use it however I saw fit if I wanted to go to a conference or do a certification. And so I did that. I did a two-day certification. I really liked um, the trainer and everything. Um, but I will say from my experience, I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there that if you go and you do a two-day training that you're going to be an expert or this is how you get the job. So I always ask people if they say, hey, Steph, um, I want to get my certification. Which one should I go for or should I do a certification? I say, what is your goal? Is your goal to learn theory? Is your goal to get the training? What exactly are you looking to do? Are you looking to boost your resume? Um, so there's not a right or wrong answer. I And that's really why I created the immersion program that I have is I came out of that two-day training. I had a great understanding of theory, but I really didn't know how to apply it. I was like, great. I know what sprint planning is. I know what this is, but I don't actually know how to actually do these events or what types of challenges. So I say, if you're interested in learning the theory, if you're interested in maybe um, boosting your resume, a certification could be a good move for you. I think if you're looking for, um, it's more of like self-learning on your own, or you're looking to build those skills, building the skills is really done best by um, hands-on experience. And people can go out and they can find projects and things to build the experience even without doing a certification. Great, great. And we'll, we will get to that. As coaches, we try to avoid the it depends <laughs> uh, answer. Yeah. Um, but when it does, those are the those are some of the specific things that you'd be looking for. So, you know, when somebody asks you, like, what are the real skills to being a scrum master? What does being a scrum master mean to you? I love this question. 
I think a lot of people see a scrum master as someone that just knows all of the scrum theory and facilitates the events. But in reality, what it comes down to, to be a really great scrum master is having a lot of those people skills. So dealing with challenges, being able to communicate effectively, knowing how to lead and motivate a team and influence people. So I would say if someone is looking for what makes a good scrum master or what they should do to try to build those skills, I would, yes, definitely understand the theory, get familiar with that so that you can educate and coach people. But I would make sure that you either A, have those skills um, that are needed to help with you know, leading a team or go out and find ways to develop those skills and really make sure that you you are someone that the team can come to for coaching, for um, help with conflict management, that you're working on things like negotiation and influencing skills. Those are things that are really going to help you in your career. Great. Um, and I just, I want to pull on, on one of those, the last thread that you, you mentioned, because um, I think it's really key. One of the things that I, I feel like when I was doing project management and when I was thinking about going up in my roles, a lot of it had to do with authority. Like it was product authority or it was management authority. And it's really hard to kind of breach through and be like, no, I can lead people, you know, um, when you haven't before. But yet you have to have experience to like go into those roles. And so it can be really tough. Um, but one of a really good advice that I got um, was I was I was a struggling RTE <laughs> and I was trying to like influence an RTE release train engineer. So step up from Scrum Master for those who are listening to this and who are new uh, to the role. So um, at least in the Scaled Agile framework, it's a step up. So a chief Scrum Master. Um, I didn't actually do a Scrum Master role at that point in time. I kind of jumped <laughs> to that. Um, but then I went back down and back up and around. Um, so was struggling RT, was trying to really get things done the way that I was like, this is how they need to get done. Why are people listening to me? Like, uh, this is like, I feel like we're like, you know, two steps forward, three steps back all the time um, on this transformation, this implementation. And, you know, I was kind of eventing <laughs> as people, as young people in industry do to, to my manager um, or to a manager and, and saying like, why, you know, I wish I was just a manager. I wish I could just tell people to do the thing and then they would do it. Like, I, I wish I didn't have to do all this and like play this game. And he was like, I'm going to stop you there because this is really where you learn how to lead. You learn how to lead when you do not have authority, when it's just brought on by influence. And I wanted to know if like you had some more stories to that as well. I love that. I love your the manager's advice too to you. And I agree with it. This is I think the difference that I saw in approaches when I, at least from my own experience, when I was doing traditional project management, I felt like a lot of it was more like authoritarian um, and definitely from the leadership perspective. So when I went into the scrum master role, it was all about how do you influence people? You, you're not someone's manager. You don't have the authority to fire people. Um, how do you, how do you lead people and really influence them? And for me, this was also a skill I had to learn. I mean, I had some experience with it, even from my role as a business analyst, but this was the first time you have a team of say 10 people. And if they're not going in the same direction or they're not, um, open to the things that the team should be doing. 
I think the thing that helped me the most was listening and trying to build relationships with them. Because like you said, no one wants, or I think you were kind of alluding to this, like people don't want you to just come over and tell them what to do. Even if you have the ability to do that, they might not necessarily listen to that to you. So you have to figure out what are the things that they value? What are the things that motivate them? And what motivates one person may not be the same thing for someone else on your team. So I think taking the time to really get to know your team, um, building that trust, because then they're going to come to you and they'll be able to have open and honest conversations and make potentially make changes. That's what's going to help you lead a team. And it, it does take time. It's not something that you just jump in on day one and everyone just sees you as a leader on the team. You have to build that trust and build those relationships. Yeah, I agree. What are some of the most easily transferable skills, maybe from other jobs or other roles that women traditionally take in society? That's that's a great question. I would say some of the other skills, and I'm just going to speak to different industries or occupations that I've seen people come from. I'm seeing a lot of teachers that are transitioning over, so they have a lot of the coaching and teaching abilities. I think that helps if they know the framework well, and not just necessarily the framework, but being able to help lead the team. They're they're building or bringing in their skills as a teacher and coaching and teaching them. And then I see, let's say, for instance, people that are coming over from sales. They think, well, I don't have any tech background. I don't have any scrum experience okay, well, you're probably really great at negotiating. You're probably great at influencing and communication. Those are things that you need, especially when you're working with a product owner and other people within the team is you have to negotiate as changes come up. And I would, I'm trying to think of some other industries as well, but oh, like the medical field. So I think folks might think as well, coming from a medical field, I worked with someone who is an x-ray tech, but it was interesting because she was in more of a management or team lead role And so taking those same skills that she had, leading a team, making sure that they're getting all the work done, even customer focus, that's in a lot of different roles that people have. Um, Focusing on the customer and making sure that you're delivering a great experience and results for them. These are all things that are going to translate over well and that I see a lot of women um, bringing over, bringing into the, the Agile area. Great. Wonderful. Something that you brought up earlier around like self-doubt, I feel like that's something that, you know, imposter syndrome, self-doubt, transition, fulfillment can be very difficult um, for for any gender um, and for any gender expression. What role has self-doubt played in your life um, and how have you learned to work through that? Yeah, I would say very early in my career, and even at times I've experienced self-doubt. I think anytime you're doing something new, you're going to experience that and you have to find ways to overcome it if you want to accomplish the goals that you've set out for yourself. For me, I think it started very early because when you think about, at least when I think about tech and things related to math, when I started off, I was a very good student, but as I got older, I was not as great at like math and science. And there I don't know if it's still this way today in schools, but there are these stereotypes and it's like, well, girls aren't good at math. Girls aren't good at this. And I think that really had a negative impact. Luckily, I didn't let that affect me. I was still going to try my hardest and try to do a great job. But I think that was part of the self-doubt was like other people saying things about, well, you're a girl, like you, you probably aren't that good at math or kind of just putting it as an expectation out there. So I, I continue to push myself. 
And then the same thing when I went into tech, I noticed myself that there were a lot of men there. So it was like, this is more of a a male um, dominated. And if you're not good at math and you're not going to be good in tech. And then there were the other things with self-doubt where when I was starting out is, well, all the jobs are getting outsourced. So why would you go into tech? Right when I went into college, like, don't go into tech. You're not going to have a job. And I'm like, you can't look at things from that perspective, or at least I couldn't look at things. If this is something that I'm passionate about, I'll find a way to work or find a way to work through it. And so luckily I continued to push myself and just um, look at the things that I had already done to push forward. And then going into um, the scrum master role, I experienced a bit of self-doubt because it was just something new. So I was asking myself, well, I've done business analysis, I've done this, but can I be a scrum master? Can I, especially with leading teams, it's very difficult if you're doing like an individual contributor role. And then all of a sudden, well, I'm going to have to influence someone, but I'm not their manager. So um, what's helped me is looking at what I've done in the past and using that as reassurance. Okay, I've learned these types of things in the past and I've been able to accomplish this. Or how is what something that I did previously similar to what I'm trying to do now? And that's what I try to coach my students and my clients on how to do too, is when so many of them are saying, well, I don't have tech experience or I don't have this experience. Okay, well, what have you already done that is going to help push you and that you can use as your strength in order to get to the goal that you're looking to do? So I think self-doubt is something that a lot of folks deal with, and we just have to continue to work through that and try to build up our, our confidence and mindset. And some of it really is just gaining the experience and, and doing the things that even if you're afraid of, eventually that's going to help you build your confidence and um, reach your goals. Great. I love that. Um, and it kind of, it sounds like you were talking about like um, what I call um, or what's been called limiting beliefs of like, these are the different limiting beliefs in the industry and with, you know, uh, inside myself and outside of myself. And I think you, you did a great exercise. It sounds like with yourself where you were like, is this my limiting belief? Do I not feel like I can do this or that I want to do this? No, that's somebody else. Like my teacher, my, this article I read, you know, (laughs) these other things, but I have faith in myself to be able to work through it. And then it sounds like you're kind of talking to your clients about like, Sure, you have doubt based on things that are new, but are you capable? You know, do you do you feel you're capable of getting better at math? Do you feel like you're capable of gaining these skills and becoming proficient in it? So, what are some of the you you know you mentioned some of the skills that people can have, some of the ways that people can practice, you know, and kind of see themselves as more capable in this role. Um, so. What are some of the ways that they could practice these skills or, you know, the things that they've learned and show progress in those skills, even if they're not like in a scrum master role currently? There are a lot of ways that they can practice the skills, and I think it depends on what they're trying to learn. So for people that I'm talking to that are like, I I want to practice scrum, but I don't see any volunteer opportunities out there, whatever the case may be is you have to get a little bit creative and find your own ways. If you don't, if you don't find opportunities out there, get creative and find ways to incorporate it. So for example, if you want to practice being a scrum master, even if you're in marketing, are there ways that you can incorporate elements of that into your current role? Can you do retrospectives to see how your team can get better? Can you do daily scrums? And then practicing the skill sets that you need, not just focusing on scrum, 
but focusing on when I go and I want to become a scrum master, I know that I need to get better at influencing. Where are there areas that you can practice that in your current role or volunteer opportunities? And then going out and if you feel like either you don't want to practice scrum in your current role or you're not able to, you can go out and find opportunities. So for instance, if you see that there's a soup kitchen or whatever um, organization is looking for volunteers, it doesn't have to say scrum master, but you can still organize it as a scrum master. You can, if there's an upcoming event, how do you put together a sprint planning? Is there a group of people that are helping organize that? How do you have somewhat of a scrum team? And you don't even necessarily have to, if you want to, you can teach other people, but you can just implement those things. And then you're getting practice to build your confidence. And also it's experience that you're able to talk about in an interview or on your resume. And I say, just look for opportunities, both in your professional and personal life to be able to practice that and get better at it. I love that. Um, I've definitely seen like on Pinterest and stuff, like women who have like made Kanban boards for their like home where they've done it for like their volunteer projects. They even saw like, a, I follow this, this individual who just got a new tattoo shop and he created like an epic system with the user stories without ever like it was just really simple it was really simple Kanban flow and I was just like "Ah." (laughs) Like, (laughs) that's awesome that's so awesome and then he could he could say that if he wanted to he could be like yeah you have a Kanban system I don't know if he knew that he was doing it but um that's great um so, you know, going going back to you, um, so you've given us a lot of really great advice, um, information for people who are new to the industry or maybe wanting to transition over to these different roles, um, you know, and talked about your own uh, working through self-doubt and what's been put on you um, societally. So what are you doing for your own um, personal, professional growth right now? What's What's next for you? I have a lot of things that I'm working on in terms of personal growth. I'm, I'm very big into personal growth. Yeah. (laughs) So one of the things that I just signed up for, I'm always looking for, um, I do, I do like to have self-learning where I'm going out, I'm reading books, I'm listening to podcasts. I'm constantly doing that. But for me, I think being able to practice and being with a group of people or with a coach is what's very helpful. So I joined, um, the forge. It's a, a program run by my friend, Chris Williams And it's really helping me to learn more of the leadership skills. And I'm hoping that it's something that can help me in my business. And as a scrum master is things like influencing people. Um, He really focuses on how to build exceptional teams and lead exceptional teams to get the results that they're looking for. So that's one of the biggest things that I'm I'm doing over the next year for my self-development. And then in my business or with Scrum, I'm always finding things like, say, for example, getting better at marketing, sales, finding different approaches online. So whether it's reading or finding another program that can help me learn that, that's how I spend a lot of my time trying to do self-development. Awesome. Well, that sounds really great. Um, what's currently like the book that you're reading right now? The book that I'm reading right now um, I actually can't even remember the the name of it because we have a book club and we put it on hold for the summer, but I'll have to get you the title of it. It's related to social media. It's pretty interesting. So it talks a lot about, and you might like this because you said that you're big into like productivity and burnout. It talks about how um, folks are very focused on social media and like being so productive, but it's more about how do you step back and relax and not focus so much time and attention to social media or everything that you're doing doesn't have to be about being super productive. 
And I, we're actually reading that in our Scrum Life book club. We'll be talking about that in October. So I'm curious to see what people bring back from learning that is it's important that we're delivering on our objectives, but I think it's important to have downtime and there's so much we can consume out there. How are we sitting down and like, maybe we're creating content ourselves or we're just spending time reading or doing things that have nothing to do with social media or being productive and just spending time uh, with family or in nature. So that's the book that I'm currently reading. I love that. Um, yeah. Cause I think we are as a society obsessed with being productive and being effective and using every single ounce of our lives to like do the thing. And even sometimes like um, I've had people you know, be like, oh, yeah, you know, I spent I think they, they've done that uh, science of like the morning routines, for example, for being that girl, right? And how long it would actually take if you were like to get up, make a smoothie, do a workout, write it, a morning gratitude journal, <laughs> all of these different things, um, all at the same time. And like, it's it's kind of ridiculous, the societal impact that that has on us of constantly making us feel like we're not doing enough. When, like, enough could be just laid, just laid down. You know? Like, you, you know, there's no timeline. There's no expectations beyond hitting the things that you have delivered. And so if you have additional expectations that are being put on you, are you putting those on you? <laughs> Is society yeah. putting those on you? Or are those things that you actually want? Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons I wanted to read the book is it was recommended by a couple of people, but, um, I was feeling this constant pressure working a nine to five and also running a business of, I always should be productive. Like, how am I going to get all of these things done? But then that leads to burnout. And I think the same thing can happen with your scrum teams is if you're just so focused on all of this output, but not focusing on a specific goal and having time to relax, then it can really be detrimental to your team. And because I actually things are just things, you know, like right. without a goal. Yeah. And I did find the name of the book. If you're oh, if you're interested, it's how to do nothing resisting the attention economy. It's by Jenny Odell. So it's a really good book so far. I, I recommend it. Well, I'll definitely I'll definitely write that down because um, I love that. Um, you know, final question. Um, so do you have any final wisdom? You know, we've talked about a lot of different stuff uh, today on, on this podcast and, you know, a lot of different types of things. So any final wisdom you'd like to share with our listeners? Yes, I'd love to go back to the idea of self-doubt and just career transitioning. And my words of wisdom would be to all of the new or aspiring Scrum Masters is to look inside yourself and try to look at some of the transferable skills that you have and accomplishments that you already have um, reached in order to help boost your confidence and continue to go through and look for the scrum master role. And I would say, make sure to focus on the transferable skills that you already have. We talked about like, I work with a lot of folks that are in different occupations So um, if you're someone who's a teacher, what are the things that you bring to the table? If you're in the medical field, what do you bring to the table? And just continue to um, pursue that. And I would just give you encouragement that a lot of the folks that I've seen that are transitioning from different industries, I've I've seen folks from all different areas successfully land Scrum Master roles. So just keep going and continue to, to practice and build your confidence. Awesome. Awesome. 
It kind of reminds me of like the the sixty percent rule of like if you're looking at a job or you're looking at an opportunity, do you have sixty percent? Because that's actually yeah. what it takes. A lot of times it's sixty percent. And then one time I was at a conference and there was an inspirational speaker, and she went around. She asked people like, how much of a percentage do you feel like you need to have? And then this guy was like zero <laughs> percent. And and she was like, yeah, what a what a man. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but instead, like, you're taking the things that you have and, you know, really seeing how much overlap there is and having more faith in what you're capable of doing. So I love that. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Stephanie. And thank you for all of the uh, great conversations. And, um, yeah, thank you so much um, for all this information and for that new book. I have a new book. Awesome. Thank you. It was so much uh, being on this pod. It was so much fun being on the podcast, and I appreciate being here. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. It is brought to you in partnership from the Women in Agile nonprofit and Scrub.org. We hope you've learned something new and invite you to tell a friend or a coworker about the podcast. Go online to womeninagile.org to learn more about our initiatives find more inspiring podcast conversations.